Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I just uh, I just got through recording. I do my intros after, so I'll be real honest, a little podcast secret. But I just got through recording an incredible episode with my man, Troy Kordsgotten. And I uh, we just had a great conversation. We got real on some stuff. Uh, we got candid. Uh, we talked about some really cool stuff that he hasn't ever talked about before or myself. So I can't wait for you to check this episode out. I, I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors. Smart Choice. Uh, they are the fastest growing agency network, hands down. No upfront fees, no monthly fees. They only work off a of commission split. You really need to check those out. Smartchoiceagents.com. Also, uh, my uh, my good friends over at Agency Performance Partners, they do a phenomenal job working with agents. And, and we love making agents ridiculously amazing and and helping any way that we can, whether it's through consulting hours, whether it's through our online school, which is our do-it-yourself model, or uh, virtually, or we come live to your office and do trainings. We do speaking events. Uh, Agency Performance Partners, uh, Kelly Donahue Piro has been around a long time. If you know her, uh, if you've seen her work, she is just one of the best of the best, top-notch. Um, AgencyPerformancePartners.com. And also uh, my friends over at Canopy Connect. I'm going to hit them all up right here in the beginning because I want to get into Troy. Canopy Connect is your one-click solution to getting those deck pages. You need to quote your prospects. No more the back and forth and more uh, asking a lot of those questions. You can send them a customizable link. They can fill that out. You get copies of deck pages. It eliminates a lot of those kind of questions, a lot of that kind of stuff there. And you get the lost runs. You get all the detailed history from their prior carrier. It's pretty phenomenal. You have a dashboard. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, Canopy Connect. Reach out to Casey, Tolga, Robert, some of the team over there. Use canopy.com. And go ahead and do the backslash Heath. And check out your discount. Uh, go ahead and uh, book a demo. Tell them the mayor sent you. Uh, I, I love those guys. Uh, they've been with me since day one. Use canopy.com backslash Heath. And uh, also, if you haven't thought about or gotten into virtual assistants, it's a game changer for our industry. And there's a lot of them out there. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones. And then there's some incredible companies that do it. And I believe that Cover Desk is one of those. Andy Priestman does a phenomenal job. Everyone that calls me from the show that has hired a virtual assistant from Cover Desk just raves about how they increase their team, they increase productivity, and they help just the agency run that much better having a virtual assistant. They're trained in our industry. They're trained in our systems. They're trained in everything. You can also do it by a group model. You could have uh, what we call... Uh, cover desk direct. If you wanted to do some projects, if you want to do some quoting, uh, if you wanted to do a book roll, maybe cover desk direct, go coverdesk.com and check it out. Now that was a longer intro than normal. I understand that. But once you get into my conversation with Troy, you're going to be glad I didn't interrupt you in the middle. Thank you so much to my sponsors. Uh, thank you so much to my audience. I, I love every single one of you. I'm so proud to be still doing this two years, over two years later now, means the world to me. I'm going to get out of the way here on this intro and get into my conversation with my main man, my man, Troy Cordsgarden. 
Man, I almost messed up your first name trying to get the right on the last <laughs> name. What is wrong with me, Troy? I love it. Oh, Troy, um, I, I got to be honest with the audience. I am in your time zone in California, and it's early here, bro, um, for me. Um, that whole time zone, zone change from central to this yesterday blew me in a little bit, so um, – I'm a little gassed, but I'm, I'm pumped to be here this morning. No better way for me to wake up and spend my morning than with you, TK. Thank you, man. Man, I am excited. So you guys that know he's been on the show before. I loved him so much. We've stayed in contact. This guy and I, we still text. We still talk. I love it. I love what he's got going on. And last time, I think you talked about this, but, uh, you know, before we get into a little bit more, if you want to remind people who you are, what what is a SME and a SMER? A subject matter expert or a subject matter resource uh, to, to carriers, to vendors, to people that just need expertise in certain areas for their product. And in, in the insurance world, right, it's auto, it's home, it's life, it's yeah. distribution. I'm an expert at the distribution. At distribution. Like, it's incredible, ladies and gentlemen. This guy right here is making money at, at just being an expert in something. Like, I couldn't do that. I mean, I could tell you all kinds of things that I know, but nobody wants to pay me for it. Jeez. Right, this guy's awesome. All right. So remind the audience. We don't have to go all the way down the memory yeah. lane, but remind them a little bit of who you are. Give me a couple minutes on that. While yeah, I just coffee. real highlights. I can go to my website to get the full thing. But I, look, I was an agent uh, starting out, uh, so I know what it's like to scratch out an agency. I was with Farmers Insurance for over 30 years. Uh, the top uh, twice out of 15,000 um, and uh, 21 years in a row, along with my sister, who was uh, my partner in the agency, 21 years uh, in a row out of 15,000 agencies in the top 100. So that's where I cut my teeth. But uh, for over 25 years, I've been a consultant to insurance carriers, both independent, exclusive tied, life companies, uh, even companies out of the U.S. across the globe. Uh, but predominantly here in North America. Awesome. That uh, You gave me just enough time to get my coffee in. So right on, uh, right on. Get me all woke up and ready yeah. to rock and roll. So talk to me a little bit about – so yesterday I was, in a, I was in a training and I was, you know, talking to some clients and, um, you know, the subject came up, and I know you and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, inflation's a real thing. Um, and we've got, you know, we got gas prices through the roof. Like I, I'm in California. It's like $7, $8 a gallon here. Crazy. Huh? Yeah. If it was that way in Arkansas, none of us would be driving. I could tell you that right now. Um, we get mad when it's $4. Yeah. And so that's a real thing. Um, you know, you talk about groceries going up, kids, yeah. daycares, all of this kind of stuff going up, yeah. which obviously leads to the phone ringing. And inflation in their, you know, the increases in your pricing. And so that's got to be something that a, a SME would need to, to deal with, right? Uh, without a doubt. Hey, look, my, my biggest in my training company, the biggest thing is how to run a business and how to retool your business to meet the needs of the customer. But hey, nothing is more important uh, than their premium, right? When they get their premium. And we've enjoyed some good times over the last 10 years because of the way premiums are developed uh, you know, people don't see that radical of a shift, but they're going to see it, right? They're seeing it right before our eyes. And you just described 
a big part of the problem. Inflation is a big part, but the pressures were there before COVID. Uh, COVID was just a pause, and now the companies have to take rate action. It's it's not it's not rate increases, but it's rate action to you know make sure their book is properly rated. You know whether it's auto, whether it's home, whether it's uh, business insurance, whatever it is. So yeah, I mean this is this is a big conversation. But more importantly, your listeners, a lot of them are brokers and agents and team members also that listen to this hey, we need to start working on how we're going to have these conversations with our customers because we're all going to have them. Nobody's going to be out there going, hey, I don't have to deal with this. So we, we need to start working now on not only conditioning our customers that we're the gateway you know, for all things service and advice, uh, but we've got to have answers for them because they're real. That $7 gallon gas, that's real, man. I don't care who you are, how much money you have. You look at that and you go, wow, you know. Yeah, when I when I pulled up, you know, and I got here and, you know, uh, driving by the gas stations, which, you know, I love it. You know, California's beautiful out here, by the way. Um, uh, kudos to you guys out here. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in San Diego today. So, like, I've heard the stories, Troy, of always beautiful and 70 degrees here, but holy smokes. I mean, it's a whole different ballgame. When you get out of the vehicle, and it's the most beautiful 70 degrees I've ever been in in my life. So, um, we get zero consistency in weather in Arkansas, but <laughs> of consistency, we'll go back to rates. Uh, and so when I was driving, I saw those gas prices and I saw some of the things and, you know, I was talking to this Uber driver about, you know, things like that. And I was like, man, I can only imagine what your milk costs here. And when he told me, I about fell out of my chair. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I'm sitting in this agency yesterday and they're telling me that their phones are ringing and whatnot. I guess my question to you from that carrier, you know, uh, perspective on that, you know, a lot of carriers did the right thing during the pandemic, sure. uh, whether they were forced to or not, we'll get into that another day, but they did it right. They forgave premiums. They forgave a lot of things. They did some things and they sent money back on certain things. And that had to play a, a major role in what's going on as far as catching up now and some things like that. What's going on with that? Well, I'm going to give you my collective opinion. This isn't about anyone, just collective. Yes. They weren't forced into it. I was there. I was with many, many, many carriers, and they immediately saw the need to do the, the return of premium, you know, for, for whatever reasoning they gave. That was each one had their own. But nobody was forced into it. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. But I predicted back then that the customer would not remember it. You can give back a billion dollars and, and they're thrilled at the time, but people have short memories. So let's go back to your gas, your milk, your eggs and all that. It's through the roof. But here, here's the thing we need to start thinking about. So's wallboard. So, so's roofing material. So, so are car parts when they're available. And so there's so many pressures going on right now that we're, we're in uncharted waters, man. I mean, it just... You know, but the, the companies have an obligation for rate stability and to charge the right rate for each risk. And so I just, it, it's happening. It's going to continue to happen. It's not going to end anytime soon. Just the way you set this up, because gas drives a lot of the cost of things. It's not the only thing, though, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's a big issue. Yeah. And, and what I found was, was fascinating in the room yesterday. Um, 
And, and in the rooms I've been in, and again, I won't talk about any specific agencies, uh, yeah. but when I'm in rooms with agencies across the country, the principals and the producers are super jacked about it. Cause it's like, Hey, I get, I get extra money in my pocket. Yeah. It, it's more premium. It's more yeah. commission. It's this. Yeah. Yeah. And you got the, uh, the account managers, the people that are, you know, talking to the customers every day about these rate increases that are like, this is the worst thing of my life. Like <laughs> these people are calling me pissed or upset or yeah. mad because yeah. Now their rates have gone up in some large quantities. But look, I get what you're saying about the principles, and the, and that's often what you hear from from people that are executives with carriers, and I say plural carriers that say, "Hey, you're getting a rate increase." Even the principles, they they would rather have an, an an increase that's palatable, and that the customer is happy and stays right. So, but when you really want to get down into the trenches, the Marines are the producers, the account executives, the CSRs, and they're taking the call. So let's talk about that. Everybody in the organization, in a brokerage, in a firm, in an in a agency, whether there's two people or 20 or 20 or 200, needs to think about two things. This is the way we train people. So whether we're training carriers and their agents or just the agents. What we say is, if, if right now is an industry issue, it's a level pl playing field. We have the same script that it's going on in the industry. Rate action means some people will go up and then they're gonna target some people that are gonna go down. Not, not as many, but, but rates today don't just all go up just universally because, and, and maybe they do in some cases, but universally it really is a balancing act, right? These groups over here, they get this rate, these over here, and so they're in tons of buckets. So if, if it's a level playing field like it is today, this is good news for everybody. It's an industry issue. We don't talk about the company we're representing or selling. We only talk about what's going on in the industry. Now, the other thing we train is if the rate does go down, and we're not going to see a lot of that, but if we see it, that's, that's us, that's, that's the company we're representing, the product and whatnot. And now we're, we're branding that, here's what we're doing. Right. So the industry issue though, is really gives everybody, you know, all those producers you talked about that are taking those calls, they're not alone. And so they just need to get that out of the way. But last thing, he, you don't want them calling you. You wanna call them Bingo. Before, before. So, so we train, Bingo that you you segment people and you make the calls and you don't call 20% of them, you call 100% of them. Are you going to get 100% of them? No. No, gosh, no. Are, yeah. Are you, Heath, are you going to get 100% of them to come in? The answer is no. But if you don't give it your all and try to get 100%, you get a percentage of the percentage. And I wish I had my graph to show you, but it's pretty right. no. Yeah. You're, you're dead right. And that's one of the things that uh, that we train is, you know, that proactive phone call um, to be able to say, yes, sir. you know, because again, if you don't, you're going to end up fielding those, what we call you people calls, the you people raised my rates or you people did this. <laughs> and it's not us, as you just said, it's an industry wide issue. That's right. That's so right. what we try to train, the same thing you just said, make that proactive call ahead of time. That's right. You know, whether you do it on the download or whether you do it on a calendar system or whatever to be able to say, okay, hey, I was just calling Troy to, to review your policy. Let's go over That's some right. things here and look for those discounts, you know, look for opportunities. Did you get a new roof? You know, did you, you know, did your 
16 year old get good grades? You know, did your, you know, whatever it might be, did you have an update in your HVAC? Huh. I'll tell you, Troy, true story. People listen to the show, I won't date the show, but literally yesterday, I'm on a plane to California, five hours in a, in a plane. I get a call or a text from my wife because you get the free texting in the air. Right. Um, right. Our hot water heater just blew. Oh, oh. And so, I mean, there, there's flooding. There's like all kinds of damage in the sheetrock, and it, it did all kinds of things. But again, I, now I'm gonna have, I'm gonna update my hot water heater. You know, and we get these calls two months ago when I went out of town. Um, we had some issues with our air conditioner. So again, all these updates. But now when I get to talk to my uh, insurance agent, I've updated my HVAC. I've updated my water heater. I'm probably going to be updating my plumbing. And that's going to, you know, qualify for a little bit of a discounted rate. And so when I talk to my customers, I tell them those kind of stories that relate to me directly. You know, when I was an agent and be like, hey, here's what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's crucial. Again, being proactive, getting on the phone ahead of those you people calls and, and saying, hey, and explain to them what's going on. I think if people had the understanding of, uh, hey, Troy, as you know, gosh, $7 a gallon for gas is ridiculous. You yeah. know, yeah. $8 for milk and this and that for eggs and whatever. I'm going to tell you right now, it's no different than insurance right now. You know, That's rates right. are going up. Carriers are taking this. Especially out here in California with the wildfires and all that kind of stuff. People, if you just explain it to them, they're not dumb. They're not. They're not. And Heath, I want to point something out that you do instinctively uh, that your listeners really need to think about. You do tell stories. And, and when you tell stories about yourself, people love it. Uh, but they love a story. Let me tell you a story about this client who had a similar situation to yours. And then you tell that story and they automatically want to do what that person does. So uh, that didn't go unnoticed to me when you said, you know, I tell my clients these stories. It's important. You know, they, they want to feel like other people are doing what they're doing. So that really well. I love it. Yeah. And one of the things I would say, and again, this is about you. And now I feel like you're turning around to me. But one of the things that we I do love is, you know, I talked to whether I was, you know, when I was a producer or now as a consultant, uh, to be able to tell people, hey, you're not alone. Yeah. When people are telling me, oh, my God, you know, my rate just went up or yeah. 14 percent. You're yeah. not alone in that. Yeah. Let me just go ahead. And yeah. people like to know they're not alone in those things. People like yeah. to know there's. I mean, the herd mentality is real, too. People want to it know is. other people are dealing with the same stuff. That's correct. So, you know, I, I really I try to play on that as much as I can, too. But so, I mean, going back to the carrier side uh, on that. So, again, uh, and, I, and I didn't mean forced to do it in the sense of in a bad way. I just meant like the pandemic put sure. them in a situation. Sure. I get it. Um, but I, I do feel like um, there's got to be some not repercussions, not the word, but there's got to be some sort of resulting action that comes from doing those things. Correct. Every company is different, you know, and, and, and when we're out in the field, we, we think it's one size fits all. It's not. There, there's a lot of factors that go into running an insurance company. Uh, and, and the bigger the company, the, the more lines they offer. There, there's a lot to it. And until, you know, when I started being a consultant 25 years ago, the more I got into it, the more I got into it, especially technology and rates and all that. I just had this, this view that it was easy. It's not. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And sometimes it's radical. 
I've, I've been through a lot of things in my career. I've been around over 30 years, right? So I've seen a lot of ups and downs and, and not just in the insurance industry, but in the economy. And, you know, I've had a lot of success and I've had a lot of failure. And I think that's what makes me a unique cat uh, because I understand it from a company view. I understand it from a producer's view, an agency view, and a firm owner view. And then, then I look at it and I just go, okay, what, what worked and what didn't work and what didn't work that might work today? You know, I mean, it's it just because maybe we executed it wrong. And today everything's about execution, but getting back to the premium, it, it's, it's, it's too hard to say that one company gave X and there's a huge repercussion to that. There's just too many factors. Is it an issue? And the answer is, yeah. I mean, if you give back a hundred million or you give back, uh, um, 500 million or a billion, you know, I mean, that's real money, you know, you know, but, it, you know, like we, we've talked about in the past, you and I, people forget, you know, it doesn't matter how much uh, in this case you gave back in, you know, people are not going to remember necessarily. Yeah, that's one of the things that came out, you know, as people, you know, once they had this, you know, there was some of those clients that would call in and, or they would, you know, text or email in and be like, okay, where's the, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah, this is great. They returned the premium. This is great. They did the right thing here or there. But right. how's it going to come back and bite me in the ass a year from That's now, right. two years That's from right. now? That's right. And, you know, I think they expected some of that in some ways. But on the other side, you know, sometimes it might have been met with a little negativity when it shouldn't have been. But um, I still feel like we as an industry did the right thing. And I don't think we got near enough credit as we should have. I agree with you, Heath, and I want to say this. I'm proud of our industry from, from the, the field, what we do in the field, and what the carriers did. They're, they're, I just got to tell you that I, that was one of my prouder moments. I, we stood up, and we didn't wait to see what happened. That, that's what made me feel really good. There was execution immediately. It wasn't, it wasn't like, well, let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah, some of the, especially some of the big box carriers, some of the major players, Wow. They immediately jumped out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I was, I, I was like you, and I was working, you know, with one of those big box carriers at the time. Uh-huh. And when that happened, I was like, holy smokes, you know. And at first I was kind of taken aback, but it made me feel good. I was beaming with pride of, we're going to do the right thing here. And our customers are, are going to hopefully feel that, understand that, and get that. And especially, Here's my thought, and maybe from the carrier side, we talk about. If not, we can edit this crap out. But I, I love this stuff. So, you know, when the pandemic hit, people we started doing the uh, some of the carriers started doing. Uh, if you're not driving, you know, your premiums going to go down. If you are driving, your premiums are going to, you know, reflect that. I think that's like a, a futuristic thing that we should be doing all the time with carriers, and you know, pay pay by mile or whatever you want to call it. Is that is that something you see down the pipe with? personal auto or even commercial auto for that matter look personal auto is huge right and uh commercial auto is huge too but i mean we're, we're talking policy count it's personal auto is phenomenal yeah. premium wise commercial obviously but look um you're we've been working i personally have been working on some form of ubi uh, usage-based insurance uh, today pays you go, you know, whatever you want to call it, call it a ham sandwich, but it's here. You know, it took a long time. Uh, it's been around being tested, and but now the customer accepts it. That, that, and this is all about the customer. If the customer wants it, you got to give it to them. 
they really didn't want it before. They were kind of leery of it. And that wasn't the whole reason for it not taking off. But there are things that have happened now, whether it's business insurance or auto, personal auto, people accept it and you're seeing it in, in the carriers. So I, it, it's going to continue. They're going to refine it. It's going to continue to grow, but there's, there's going to be new things added to it that, that'll knock your socks off. In, in, in home though, those type of things are coming through connected home and, you know, to have uh, devices that'll help you lower uh, water losses and theft losses and different things. You know, I, I can't go into all the details, but that's now going into business insurance. You know, if your business is closed up for three days and you're not in there, wouldn't it be great to have technology that would let somebody know if there was a theft or water or smoke or whatever. So you're going to see more and more of that. And, you know, now we're going to have flying cars. You know, we're working on that. How do you insure them? You know, it's not are they coming, they're coming. It's just, how are we going to insure them? And what are the laws going to be? And then how are we going to deal with regulations and laws and whatnot? No, I'm with you. We got Marty McFly coming with the whole <laughs> flying cars, the whole thing. That's crazy to me. But you know, what's even crazier to me is I've always been, and I'll admit this right here on my show, I don't care. I've always one of these guys that's been like kind of afraid of the, the future of the flying cars and all that things. And I'm never going to have this kind of stuff and that. But I found myself there and my wife was laughing at me. Here's another mayor story. But my wife was laughing at me because, you know, I walked in you know, the house and it was Alexa, turn the alarm off. Uh, Alexa, turn the fan on. Uh, before I go to bed, it was Alexa, turn off the lights. Um, we left the other morning to go to, uh, to church and it was like, shoot, I forgot to set the alarm. I go on my app, set my alarm, lock the doors. What in the world? What am I coming to here? I, I, I'm at this place, but on the flip side of that, I get a great call from my agent when we talk about it. And it's like, you got to, you know, this could be a, a credit on your insurance That's because right. you've got a connected home. And I was like, I don't have a connected home. I'm old school. I don't want that. But I do, Troy. Of course you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's not scary. that old, but I was scared of it. But it's I scary. mean, yeah. so nice. Yeah, totally. I mean, I would have never, I would have never thought I would have had uh, uh, Alexa turn on the fan. How lazy am I, Troy? I can't even get up to turn on the fan, but, you know, I'm in the South and it's hot. So anyway, it's crazy. So one of the things I do want to pin you down on before we get too late in this, um, and I said, just to be fair, audience, I sent him a chat. Hopefully he read it. Uh, you talked about your successes, and we've all known, you know, if you don't know who TK is, a Troy Cords Gaden, 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 oh, Gaden. Gaden, That's why all my friends call me TK, man. Get out from under a rock, because this guy's yeah. unbelievable, and he's done so many wonderful things. But you talked about, you know, you learned a lot from your failures as well. And yeah. there's people listening to this show that maybe feel like all they're into right now is failures. You know, it's been a tough road mm -hmm. pandemic. I failed yeah. a lot or this year I failed a lot. There's a lot of, you know, people dealing with some of that. But one of the things, if I know anything about you, and we've been friends a little while now, you have, have learned from your mistakes and you've, they've made you better. You have any stories, any thoughts you could tell us while I go get me a cup of water real quick. If you could tell us about, I can still hear you. Uh, about uh, some of your failures, some things you've learned from that. Can you can you talk a bit on that? I rambled love, long enough to give you some time. <laughs> I'd, 
Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, and, and I'll give I'll give you a first while you're going to get your water. I'll give you a first here too. Let me first just start by saying I, I when I'm speaking publicly, I talk about how I've written seven books on my success, and uh, I give credit where credits due. I've got a lot of people that have worked with me to help me be successful, like, right. like any business, right? And um, I also say I could have written 21 on the stupid things that I've done. <laughs> and and right. I, re I really could. In fact, I've, I've pondered writing that book, the 20, 21 stupid things, you know, books on the stupid things I've done. But let me, let me just tell you what some of the stupid ones were so maybe some of your audience can relate. And I tell this because there's, there's no successful person in any field uh, whether you go back to the days of J.P. Morgan or you, you, right. you come to today, um, you know, like a guy like Jeff Bezos or, you know, all the current people, Elon Musk or whatever, they, everything they touch does not turn to gold. And uh, so I'm going to give you something I've never talked about. And then I'll talk about some of the other failures. Who I uh, like fresh uh, content. Yeah, this is this is new stuff. Um, my business, my consulting business was mainly driven by my personality. I have an ability to speak in front of an audience and I can move them. And whatever the situation is, I'm a high paid gun to come in. So I get a lot of big platform talks. I get a lot of intimate talks and, and I get paid good money. Uh, but 70% of my income pre-COVID the year before was speaking. And it was a lot of money. 30% was consulting and that helps drive the speaking. And it, it also is what I love to do. And, and when COVID came, there was no speaking. I mean, you know, there, the people weren't going, hey, come on. In fact, they were canceling stuff that I was interested and contracted to do. And so I didn't fight it. You know, they were going through something and I, I didn't fight it. But I got to tell you, honestly, it was a lot of money and I needed it. Okay. And I don't care how much money you have. You've got to have cash flow. And I lost my cash flow. I lost all of it, except for the consulting. And so I had to retool the same way agencies and firms and brokers are retooling their businesses. The same way carriers with billions of dollars are retooling their businesses. I tell you this because I came out about eight months ago, a year ago. It wasn't all over yet. But I came out bigger and stronger. Now, 70% plus, maybe 80%, depending on how the year ends, is consulting. And the other is speaking, which I love. And I've got a new love for it. The adversity helped me to retool and drink my own medicine that I give people. And I came out happier. And you're looking at a guy that is more peaceful because I had some other failures early on about five years ago that hit me hard and I found peace and that's priceless, man. You can't pay for that. And, and so I tell you that one first and then, I, and then I'll tell you, I've tried all kinds of stuff. My, my biggest thing that agents and carriers are using right now is my concierge program. I invented that a long time ago. Nobody could see it. They couldn't see it. And now they're seeing it because the world is flips up upside down and it's all about the customer. It's not about here's coverage, here's price. Do you want it? Here's coverage, here's price. Do you want it? It's now about what can I do to help you? Let me listen to you. Let me, you know, be your advisor and not the advisor to sell you something, but to really put your needs first 
And so my concierge program, although it had failed to make money for me, is now making me lots of money. And I believe part of it is just because I, I, although it failed in the beginning, it was the right thing to do. I stuck by it. My sister and I used the program in our agency and it was tremendous, but now everybody can see it. So it caught up. It's, it's come into its own time. I can give you real failures where I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on marketing through failed websites, through, uh, you know, harebrained schemes that, you know, there was a period of time where somebody would say, hey, you need to do this. Like, oh, tell me about it. You know, if it was a stupid idea, tell me twice, you know, and, and, and I do it, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm slow. I, I, I don't, I don't wait. I'm, I'm, I like to be out in front of everything, but not every idea is a good idea. You know, there's 24 hours in a day. Heath has 24 hours. Troy has 24 hours. If you're listening to this, you have 24 hours. I'm, I'm going to do really well because I know what to do with the 24 hours. I know how to use my calendar. I, I, you and I planned this. I know, knew you were on the West Coast, but you know I'm up early, right? right. You know, and, and, you know, we can do this. It doesn't affect the rest of my day because I understand what I need to get done and I do it. And all that I learned through failure. Last thing I could talk all day about my failures. No, I, I love it. You keep going, man. I, I have a ton of them. One of them was I stressed myself out. Because I was just like, just, you know, immediately I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And, and I was late for this. And I'm late for that. If you're listening to me, you know what I'm talking about. There's a word and it's called gymnasticating. Sometimes you just feel like you're gymnasticating all over the place. It's not a word. You understand it. A guy told me one time, I feel like I'm gymnasticating all over the place. And I looked it up. It isn't a word. Okay? <laughs> but I understood it. Okay, so now I've got peace because I just stopped and I said, okay, begin from here and hope in God. Every day, that's how I start my day. Begin from here and hope in God. I get done with Heath. I begin from here and hope in God. And I just go on to the next thing. It's like taking off in a plane and landing it, taking off in a plane and landing it. You didn't get to San Diego in one flight. Okay, nope. it took a couple. And when you got there, you know, they had a flight plan. So I've got a flight plan for every aspect of my life. And, and the biggest one now is personally, my mental health, my physical health, my family, my, my, my faith. All those things are all in one. And I, I spend more time on that now than I do on my business. And I used to have it reversed. Yeah, I, I love that. And I'll start off, you know, in your conversation there. And I, I, what, no matter what. Uh, religion, God, spirituality you're in, I, I believe that there's peace in that. And I believe that you and I, you know, profess, you know, to be a Protestant Christian, to yeah. believe in that. And, yeah. and you know, and, and we, we read the book of the Bible, we read Psalms, and, and the Bible talks about uh, the Lord gives his people strength and the, the Lord blesses them with peace. And so no matter what's going on in your world, and again, no matter if you're if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, if you're Muslim, I think that, that all of that's rooted in in peace, and it's rooted in in that strength that you get from whatever that God is. We just happen to believe, you know, in the same one. Um, I agree with you, and, and but let's be real. You read the Psalms if if, if you're a student, and yeah. you read the Psalms. 
there was a lot of trouble. I mean, you know, but a it, lot of it. But, but it's always just getting a level set and just going, okay, trust in God, hope in God. Yep. And and again, you know, it doesn't matter what religion you are, peace is is really just being still. And and you know, my son and I talk a lot, my daughters both, yeah. you know, but uh we talk about uh a lot of life is hevel, right? It's all hevel, it's 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 vapor, it's smoke. Yep. And we just make it out to be a bigger thing. My wife constantly says to me, what self-imposed deadline are you working under today? You know, and that, that's a reminder because I said it to her one day. I, I, I put these self-imposed deadlines yeah. on. So she reminds me once in a while, look, man, be still. You know, so that's yeah, my, you know, my my kids and I, we, we laugh uh, because anytime something happens that my kids or myself or my wife, we try to make these plans and we'll always say we make plans and God laughs because he has the bigger picture. <laughs> and then, Love it. That, I don't, it's my show. So I can talk about religion if I want to, but, um, but for the audience that, that, uh, that may not want to hear that part, um, get over it for a minute, but then we will, uh, we'll talk about, we'll get back to, you know, some of those things that you talked about. Cause I think it's universal again, going back to whatever, um, you believe in, I think you have to, um, to set that every day, make those plans, plan your life. And I think, you know, a, a plan, you know, for your life. My wife, my dad used to tell me, I started off, I'm second generation insurance professional. My dad used to tell me, plan your work and then work your plan. And it was such a simple thing when I was a kid, like, dad, that's just a stupid little rhyming thing. But now I think about it, I'm like, if I wake up every morning and think about the top three to five things that are important on my to-do list to do, and I can get those done, I've won my day that day, Troy. Um, yeah. Yeah. keeps me focused keeps me on that path and it kept you on your path of you know when things got tough there when you didn't have speaking gigs you still had to work your plan totally 100 percent. and and look man it, it, another thing too is is working your plan is having a schedule to put things in things you want to do you have your must-haves i agree with that you you, you want to do your deep work on those and then there's a lot of things like I want to read an article or I, I want to watch a video. And, and so I block time for it. But, you know, my executive assistant, who's my daughter, by the way, Emily, will give me three times to have it on the calendar. She'll move it forward if I don't get it. After the third one, she doesn't even ask. She just deletes. If it was important, I would have done it. Right. And, and so, you know, having that discipline to just go, okay, it's like a stack of paper. The stack just keeps building and building and building. It's no different on electronic. You you put it on the electronic stack. And if you don't do it, get rid of it. You know, get rid of the things that are stressful. If you, if you don't need to do it, don't. And if, if you do, like getting back to a client, that's a must. You know, giving a presentation, that's a must. You know, studying, you know, to improve your skills is a must. But you don't need to read every article, although I like to. I like to be up to date on what's going on, not just in the insurance industry, but everything that affects it. A hundred percent. And I think you have to have that preparation and you have to have that forethought and those things like that. Um, and I, Troy, every time we talk, I look up and it's like, dude, we have gone a minute here. But what I do want to, uh, to get into a little bit, because you brought it up earlier. We talked about it a little bit on my last show, but not a lot. I'm interested to hear more, just because the word's fun to say too, but the concierge service that you talk about. And you even talked about it last time I showed that you, this has been something for years you've talked yeah. about. Yeah. And 
Now it's like taking off, is it not? Like unbelievable from a carrier level and to an agency level. If, if, if I'm talking to an agent, this is a must, right? You got a lot of positions to fill, but your customer is at the center of everything. Everything you do is around the customer. There's nothing better than you can do for the customer than to give concierge service and real concierge service, not, not, not just putting a person in the seat. So we developed a program years ago that the customer gets called the day after they ask for service. So they made a car change or they made a mortgagee change or whatever it was. And they get a call from the office that says, hi, this is Sally. And I'm calling from Troy Korsgaden's office with XYZ Company. The reason for my call today is you made a car change. Heath, Troy wanted to make sure you were satisfied with the service that you received. Can I get some feedback? And, and the person on the other end of the line, it's about 95%. Let's call it 90, but 95% is what my stats show for me, are happy. The person that waited on them did a great job. They tell the caller that. Sally says, hey, can I give that information to Heath? I'm sure we'll want uh, um, Mary to get a pat on the back. Oh, of course, by all means, we love Mary. Hey, look, while I got you on the line, it's important to Troy that we set up some personal time to talk about, etc. review, but we, we set life appointments because life was a big issue in our, in our agency. It was very important to us. We were always big life producers and uh, for over 30 years. And so we would write a lot of life insurance because we had a lot of conversations. They were meaningful conversations because we had a script and a design to it. And we sold a lot of life insurance because the experience with the person that they dealt with that Sally set the appointment up with, it was all relaxed and it was a great experience. And so they wanted to have their life insurance, not only their auto, their home, their business with us, but they wanted to have their life insurance. And there are certain lines that are profitable. Business insurance is profitable. Life insurance is profitable. But the concierge is different, Keith. Uh, because you don't get a call from your doctor the next day. You don't get a call from your dentist the next day. You don't get a call from AT&T the next day. You might get a survey monkey. Who cares? Okay. I, I get tired of those. It just, you know, I don't have time for that. Somebody calls up and genuinely says, were you happy with the service? And that 5% that says, no, man, I, I'm unhappy. I, all I did was add a Maserati and a 21-year-old boy. What, what's the problem? My rate quadrupled. Why? Well, okay, to them, that's real. We understand why it went up, but they just didn't understand. So now we got an opportunity to get them in and talk about what, where the change came from, what they could do to mitigate the rate increase and blah, blah, blah. So the concierge is a retention and marketing play. But it really sets the carrier apart. It sets the agent broker firm apart. It sets them apart completely. And it's easy to do, but it's easy not to do because you got to help people with auto. You got to help them with home. You got to help them with life. And the phone's ringing off the hook. And it really is an extra position. So the reason it's taken off is because we've helped people design putting it in their office but we've also helped them design putting them in their office and using a call center to do it too. So now you've got call centers making the calls along with the agents. So you're reaching everybody and not just reaching five, 10, 20% of the people. So I'm excited about it. I just, it, it, 
does my heart good that people get it. Uh, you know, I got it because it changed the direction of my agency and helped us be one of the biggest agencies in the country, not just with our company, but uh, within the industry. That's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, what we, what we hear that, and again, uh, if you've listened to enough of my shows, I'm not a huge fan of buzzwords, but that right now that's CXP, that's client experience, that's things of that nature. And we even call, you know, I was, you know, training with an agency and we, we call it the I love you call. You know, you give them that call. Hey, thanks for your business. Think how's things going? Did you get your ID cards on time? How things go? And again, in that opportunity, hang on. <clears throat> Very bad podcast thing there. I just, you know. That's uh, all right. It's real, man. People like real. He People love real. But yeah, and you get that opportunity when you're on the phone with them, not only to, to make an impression, to have a wow moment to be like, hey, my agent called me. I didn't hear from my other agent for years, except for at renewal. And now they're calling me and checking in. That's right. And then you got that opportunity. Hey, by the way, um, you know, let's talk about this or that. Or I noticed this. Or, you know, I even told them, hey, be real about it. Hey, listen, it would be, you know, some, I would feel terrible if I didn't at least tell you about an umbrella. Or at least give the opportunity to look at cyber and tell stories. My wife even. Then I tell this story all the time is, um, my, you know, my wife purchased back in the day when cyber first became a big deal. It's like, why do I need this cyber thing? She fought, you know, then did it just because it was the right thing to do. She had a claim like six months later. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, it's real, a big deal. And she was like, yeah. Keith, I'm so glad that I was smart enough to do that. And I was like, well, honey, I knew I married the right woman, but no, <laughs> she, um, <laughs> you know, she did the right thing and she did it. But, you know, again, it was the ancillary coverage. So it was something she didn't have to have, but it helped her so much. And, you know, I talked to people a lot, you know, about whether it's, you know, cyber or an umbrella or talk about service line coverage or all these other coverages out there that people are like, I'll never use it. But when you do, Troy, you're going to call your agent out and be like, oh my gosh, thank you for having me add service line coverage. Crazy. Um, so I think that concierge thing is a big deal. I like that. That word just so much fun to say than customer <laughs> experience, but concierge. I just feel like I have a butler. I've got a concierge on my squads. It's pretty cool. So I like that. And that was you were like, you know, way back in the day on that. Maybe you yes. were Marty McFly. Did you come to the future and then go back? I've been I've been lucky in that um I I did a lot of things. My ACR, my agency contact rep many years ago. That's where Power Position, your agency book came out. It was different. And now it's just standard. You know, everybody has somebody that's an executive assistant that keeps a chairful like the dentist. The concierge was an original idea. And, uh, you know, it took a while. It's kind of like UBI. It took a long time for it to come, come out. I wish I had invented UBI and then I'd be super rich, man. Um, but um, look, man, there's a lot of things, again, that have really worked for me, that have made me unique. But again, I've had a lot of failures. I mean, you know, consider me the Reggie Jackson of, um, you know, the insurance industry. Reggie, you know, Mr. October, but, you know, go look who struck out more. You know, I mean, I, I didn't strike out a lot, but man, when I fail, I fail really good. And it usually hurts my pocketbook like any entrepreneur, right? You, you throw it out there and, uh, but I, I love this, this, the old saying, go out on a limb, that's where all the fruit is. And so as you go out on the limb, you're going to fall off once in a while. I've just found it, 
you just learn from your mistakes. And, you know, so if I'm in a boardroom or I'm talking to Heath, uh, I can say, well, let me tell you a little story about when we did this in the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever. Here, here's why it may not have worked. Here's where the environment's different. Here's why I wouldn't do this at all. This is uh, so stupid. I wouldn't do it. You know, and, and so, again, failures can be your best teacher. And, and if you look at them and you don't get down about it, you just say, I did that. And I've just learned to be more honest. I, I just I, I used to not talk about it, but I, I just find uh, I've, I've got to be humble here and just say I've, I've screwed up more than I've succeeded. I've just been blessed with success. You know, and I, I love your honesty. I love the way you talk about that. This is why you and I are friends, and I love you for it. Um, so one of the things that I want you to end with, uh, because I'd love to hear this from you, okay. however you take this question, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to start you on this one. But So as we know, insurance is cyclical. We know that there's a lot of, whether it's yearly, you know, you've got some months that are, you know, easier than others and some that are really super slammed or rate-wise, whatever it might be. Right. What advice could you give for carriers or agents during the downsides of those cyclical times, so to speak? Whether, like I said, whether it's seasonality or it's rates or it's, you know, whatever, however you want to take that. So it is a fabulous question. I'm going to hit it head on because I know the answer and I know it because I've lived it. I know it because I've counseled to it. And it is to keep your chair full like a dentist 100% of the time. The dentist has three or four chairs, maybe five uh, in, their, in their building, and you don't go in there and see them empty. They're all full. People are getting their teeth checked, and that's a review in our world, right? And because they're getting their teeth checked, because you're making sure they're in good health, you, you notice things that they need to do now or in the future. And as an insurance agent uh, or advisor, whatever you want to call yourself, if you're a licensed professional... It's seeing people under the right conditions all day long. The right conditions are not to sell during a review. A dentist doesn't fix your cavity when you come in to get your teeth cleaned. They see the cavity. They put it up on the computer or on the white light with the old film, and they show you why you need to come back, and then you come back. Therefore, the chair is always full. It's just constantly going. And, hey, some people don't need a tooth built or a crown or a cavity you know, of any type. They don't have any problems. That's good. You know, they're, they're taken care of, but they keep coming back year after year. So that's the first thing I would do. And then I would touch a hundred percent of my clients, not get a hundred percent in, but I would give it my all. And the industry has done a poor job at this. It's, it's less than 20% are coming in for a real review. They get offered a review through a postcard or a text or a call but you got to get them in. Now, that doesn't mean the 100% will come in, but you can't call them once and then quit calling them. You got to call them until you get them, figure out the rhythm. I don't, I don't want to give a whole seminar here, but it, it just boils down to this. If I call a thousand people and I get in 70%, then I've got in 700 people. If I call 30% of my clientele and really give it my all to 30% and I get 70% in, you do the math. That ain't enough. It's 100%. So whether it's good or bad, that is the system that you got to have because it fills up the marketing opportunities and you reach the goal of touching your customer a minimum of seven times a year. Minimum. 
Okay, that's that's phone call, meeting them for a review, meeting them for another appointment, touching them through you have your auto but not your home letter or whatever, email, whatever uh, communication methods you're using, but you need to touch them seven times a year, but it all starts with the annual review. And you don't bring them in at renewal, you bring them in with a system, a repeatable process, and it never stops to your point through the good or the bad times. And that's how 21 years in a row, my sister and I had an agency that was in the top 100 out of 15,000. Now think about that, 21 years in a row. Now forget the top agency, because you know we just had some really banner years. I'm more interested in the consistency because that's one of the major keys to success. Love it. Uh, I, I love I love conversations with you. I love that we can do this. Uh, I wish I could just have you co-host once a month with me because we could just kill it. <laughs> uh, we can start interviewing people together. But no, I think it's uh, it's good stuff. You always bring incredible knowledge. It, and on that note, I wanted to ask you, because I learned something last week, maybe a week ago, that I have implemented in my own life and, and I'll never forget it. And so I want to know if you've heard of this and if you haven't, maybe I can teach you something that somebody okay. taught me. A guy named Jake Ward just taught me this. Um, have you ever heard of Bam Fam? No, sir. Oh my gosh. First of all, it's fun to say Bam Fam. It is. But it means uh, book a meeting from a meeting. And so now I'm trying to teach not only myself, but all my other clients. When you're on the phone with somebody, you're talking to them about coverages, talking about this, talking about that. Go ahead and book a meeting for another meeting before you can get off that call. Even if it's like a month from now, six months from now, whatever it might be. And so, it you know, it would be, hey, Troy, I really enjoyed visiting with you today. Let's do another podcast in four or five months. Get your calendar out. Hey, what's, you know, what's September 23rd look like for you at eight o'clock? Sounds good. He, you know, book a meeting from a meeting. Bam, fam. I loved it. It made me happy. Did we leave that? Dude, we do that, but your word is so much better. Bam. Right? You know, bam, uh, fam. Yeah, yeah, we train our ACRs to do that. But but if I'd have had Bam Fam, I'd be super rich right now. I, I know. So I'm going to give a shout out to my man, Jake Wardress, for teaching yeah. me that. He, somebody taught him. That's But killer. I love it. And there's people that listen to this show that I've already talked to about this. So I can't steal it. I wish I could. Uh, I love a Bam Fam. I love it. Love a Bam Fam. So... Uh, you and I are going to uh, bam fam off air, but um, I love you, brother. It was good talking to you again. Love you too, Heath. You're, uh, you're awesome, man. This is awesome. Love you too, bro. Was that not fun? I really hope that you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, Troy is just a gem in our industry. He's been around a long time. He's got a lot of wisdom. He's a lot of fun. He shared some really cool stuff there, and you could tell why he's one of my favorite people. Um, and if you haven't checked out any of his books, check them out. Um, you know, I, I didn't even ask him to share his contact info, so I'll put that in the show notes. That's my bad, Troy, if you're listening to this. My bad, my bad. But um, you should be able to go check it out. I'm pretty sure he's got a website at troycordsgaden.com. Uh, again, I will put that in the show notes. So, uh, I love the guy. I hope that the content that we brought you made you a better insurance professional. Uh, let me know. Um, and you can also email him at Troy at cordsgaden.com. Let him know how you felt about it. Uh, book him for your next speaking gig. Uh, 
you know, talk to him. If you're a carrier listening, reach out to him. He does a great job in consulting. If you have an idea for your own show, uh, go to getreadysetpodcast.com and check out my friends over there at Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.